possible way that I can get all the way through this message today in just a few minutes. Um, and I didn't really feel the leading of the Lord to break it up into two today. Um, I really want to try to preach that message that I've got that the Lord's given me for tonight. But I want to talk to you today about God's plan for your life. And you'll notice on your screen there today that I've got God's plan in big, bold letters. Uh, and the reason, one of the reasons for that is because, you know what, it's big. It's big. There's nothing about God that's small. And there's nothing about God's plan that's small. And so I want you to really, really uh, uh, pay attention to me. And I'm going to ask all of our young people just for a little bit. Let's be really, really quiet. And, uh, and you know, best that you can, if we can really stay put. I'm not going to preach long this morning. But if we can just sort of stay put so we don't distract anybody. First Kings 19, your Bibles, when you find your place, if you'll stand with us uh, out of respect for the reading of God's Word. By the way, if you're here this morning and you need a Bible, let us know. And we'll be glad to try to get a Bible in your hand. Uh, we'll be glad to do that. I have some new Bibles that I'd be glad to I'd be glad to give you, and that I have probably I have probably twenty in the pulpit that I could give you right now, that people just leave and never ask about. I don't know about that, man. I'm telling you what. Well, let me tell you something. If I did misplace my Bible, which I don't, but if I did misplace my Bible, I promise you this: I'd miss it. I would miss it. And uh, it's a shame a lot of times. This isn't fussing time, I know. But it's a shame when we walk outside and see Bibles laying out in the rain and, uh, and see Bibles laying up in the back of people's cars and the sun's got the covers all dog-eared dog up. Man, don't, don't ever treat your Bible like that. And uh, this is God's holy word. This is, this is Almighty God's love letter to you and me. What a precious book. You know what? I don't even like to touch this book if my hands are dirty. Uh, you, know, you know they said about the Bible translators that before they, would actually, before they would actually transcribe the word God, they would go take a bath. I mean, that's how holy they felt these scriptures were. By the way, they are, they are that holy, aren't they? And so look, if you will, at 1 Kings chapter 19 and look at verse number 15. And the Bible says, And the Lord said unto him, talking about Elijah, Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And I want to draw your attention to this sentence. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of abel shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay. And him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the twelfth, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. 
And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. You may be seated this morning, and it sounds like Brother Brandon and I are going to be preaching right along the same lines today. And so, uh, man, when he gave that testimony in choir, I thought, wow. I believe the, I believe the Lord has got, the, the Lord's got somebody on his radar uh, today. Uh, and so maybe a, maybe a young, young person, in fact, I'm pretty sure it's a young person without a doubt, but maybe an older person here today as well. And I'm glad uh, you say, preacher, I am, I'm not a teenager anymore. I'm not in my 20s anymore. Uh, I miss God's will. And so I guess, I guess for me, uh, it's done. Oh no, oh no. I'm glad that, you know what? I'm glad that God doesn't throw the clay away. And uh, if, you missed, if you missed God's original plan, if you missed God's perfect will early in your life, well, I'm glad that God will reach back in and use you again. Uh, and so, but I want to talk to you a little bit about that. I'm going to cut some things out this morning, but probably, but I want to talk to you about God's plan for your life. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time now. Young people, all listen, clo- listen closely to the preacher today. And let's pray together. Father, thank you for your blessings. And thank you for the opportunity to be back in God's house again today. And I pray now that you'll bless in this time of preaching and teaching. And Lord, I pray that you'll help the word of God to come alive in our hearts and our minds. I need you now. I pray for your power. I pray you'll give our people power. I pray you'll save those who are lost. And I pray that you'll encourage those who are saved. And I pray that you will glorify your son today. Help us, please. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake, amen and amen. I want to draw your attention, and this is the thing that I'm going to preach about the whole time, and so I want you to, I want to draw your attention to this. I've got it in big, bold letters. In fact, I put it in red in my outline today. And that is this, that God had big plans for Elisha. Long before Elisha knew, God had big plans for Elisha. Did you know that? Uh, And so the Bible says that God comes to Elijah, not Elisha. God comes to Elijah, and he says, Elijah, I want you to do this. I want you to go, and he said, I want you to find Elisha. And he said, I want Elisha to be the prophet in thy room. And so God chooses Elisha not only to be a prophet of the people, but actually to take the place. That's what that means in verse 16, uh, to take the place of Elijah. By the way, one of the greatest prophets that we read about in the Old Testament is Elijah. And now God is saying to Elijah, I want you to put your mantle on Elisha. And Elisha takes the place of Elijah. Not only that, not only that, but if you read on a little bit further, you'll find out that Elisha receives a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. Now, how can that be possible? Because Elijah was already such a powerful man of God. When Elijah prayed, rain stopped. Not for a year or two, but three. And when Elijah prayed, rain, rain rained again. And when Elijah prayed, fire came from heaven. And when Elijah prayed, man, miracles took place and and God miraculously took care of his prophet. But we notice here that that Elisha does twice, twice the miracles of Elijah. Now, here's my point this morning. Those plans for Elisha were made by God long before Elisha knew they were made. 
Now, I'm not preaching on this, but I want to, but it's worthy of our notice. This is a worthy mention this morning. Some things that I noticed about God choosing Elisha, just by way of introduction. How about this, number one? When God chose Elisha, number one, he was busy. Would you look back there at 1 Kings chapter 19, verse number 19? The Bible says, so he departed thence and found Elisha. Here's the next prophet of Israel. And found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, watch, who was what? He was plowing. Man, he was busy. He was busy. I read this this week. Somebody said the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary. The only place that success comes before work is in the dictionary. And a lot of people want success. And a lot of people want a business. And a lot of people want a great church. And a lot of people want a great Sunday school class. And a lot of people want, they want big houses. And they want the finest cars and all these things. They want success. But the truth of the matter is, you know what? Before you're ever going to reach success, you got to come to this other word, and it's called work. And we notice here that Elisha was busy. God uses and chooses busy people. And so don't be looking for God to do great things in your life if you're lazy. Uh, the Bible says in Lamentations 3.27, it is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. In other words, fellas, you young fellas, it's good for you that you learn how to work early, early. Uh, don't you wait till you're 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. Uh, listen, man, you ought to learn how to work early. Learn how to get your hands dirty early. Learn how to work on a motor early. Learn how to mow the yard early, early. Amen, brother, that's right. You just say, I don't have a car. I don't have a car. You got a bike? Uh, listen, before I ever had my license, I had my first job. Worked at a dairy farm out in West Iredale and didn't have a bike. And by the way, by the way, my daddy didn't get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and take me to work. Now, I know what I'm preaching right now is prehistoric. This was back in the T-Rex age. I, I understand that. But when we started milking about 4 o'clock in January when it was about 20 degrees outside, daddy didn't get up and say, come on, hon. And I'll take you to work. No, Dad said, get out there and get on your 10-speed bike. And I, I rode my bike to work and milk cows and, and got finished at the farm and rode my bike back home again. And, and uh, by the way, I did that on Sunday morning. I rode my bike to work on Sunday morning and milk cows, and we finished putting out silage and milking cows. I rode my bike back home on Sunday morning. I got a shower, and all the church folk were glad I did. I got a shower, went to work, and uh, did that every week. By the way, rode my bike back on, on, in the afternoons and milked again and rode my, ba my bike back home in the night. And I'm just saying this, you know, don't expect, don't expect that to be successful. And, and somebody said, that guy's got that cat like, he's so lucky. He's so lucky. I wish I was lucky like that. Well, if you worked like he worked, you'd be lucky too. This is good preaching this morning. But this is introduction, so I got to hurry. When God chose Elisha, he was busy. How about this? When God chose Elisha, he was burdened for his family. Look at verse 20. The Bible says, and he left the auction and ran after Elijah and said, uh, he said, let me, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I'll follow. I like that. We find that here was a man who was respectful of his parents, respectful of his family. Ephesians 6.1 says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. 
Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on earth. I honestly believe that one of the reasons that God chose Elisha is because Elisha had a love for his mom and dad and a respect for his mom and dad and he honored his mom and dad. And I believe God said, I like that. By the way, I believe God still likes it. This was supposed to be introduction, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go for it. I think I could have made this the message. I noticed this. When God, I noticed when God chose Elisha, he was benevolent toward others. Again, look at verse 21. The Bible says, and he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen. In other words, two. He took two, two oxen, two cows, and slew them and boiled the flesh with the instruments of the oxen. In other words, they had a big cookout what it's saying here and the Bible says and gave unto the people and they did eat then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him and so I notice here that that Elisha was benevolent toward others uh, you know what how many, how many know this that God has little tiny plans for selfish people if you're a selfish, self-centered person who cares nothing about your mom and dad, you care nothing about your, your, your fellow man, uh, you know what, it's all about you. It's all about your joy. It's all about your, uh, your you know, your prospering and your success. Uh, you know what, I, I, I want to say, you know, probably God has little plans for you. But that's not how Elisha was. Elisha was concerned about his mom and dad. And Elisha was concerned about others. And God reached down and God chose Elisha. Now, I want to bring several things to your attention this morning, all right? How about this? Number one, I want you to notice, first of all, pre-made plans. God had big plans for Elisha's life. But guess what? God has big plans for your life. (laughs) That's right. You say, not me, preacher. Oh, yes. Yes, he does. You say, but preacher, you don't know where I come from. Doesn't matter. God has big plans for you. You say, but preacher, you don't know where I've come from. Doesn't matter. God has big plans for you. You say, but preacher, you don't understand. I missed the will of God early in my life. And man, I made some blunders and I made some mistakes. And I think God's helping us this morning. Amen. And I made some mistakes and I made some, I had some problems. Hey, doesn't matter. God has big plans for your life. And I'm glad that God never throws the clay away. And thank God God is the God of the second chance. And thank God that God will reach back in and God will use you uh, for the cause of Jesus Christ. God has big plans. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. God has plans for every one of us made from the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1.4 According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I'm just saying this that you may not know it this morning you teenagers may not know it this morning but God has huge plans for you. I think about Jeremiah. God called Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, God, I can't. I, I can't. I, I'm just a child. I can't speak. And listen to what God told Jeremiah. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, you read that however you want and discern that however you want and exegete that however you want. But according to what my Bible says, brother, before Elijah was ever made, he was called to be a prophet. 
God said, before I ever knew you, before you were ever born, God said, I had already planned that you were going to be a prophet for me. God made big plans for your life, and God made big plans for my life. I believe this. From the beginning of time, God has plans for you, and God has plans for me. Now, again, I've preached on this before, and I'm not going to preach on this morning, but that's exactly why I believe, personally, this is what I believe, and you may, you may disagree, but uh, this is what I believe. I believe that's, that's personally why names will have to be blotted out of the book of life because I believe, I believe personally from the foundation of the world, I believe that God wrote every single person's name down in the Lamb's book of life. But one of these days, those who reject Christ those names will have to be blotted out of that book. Why? Because God, listen, God's plan from the beginning was for you to be saved. Second Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so God's plan, listen now, pre-made, Pre-made, in other words, before you were ever made, before I was ever made, God said, I've got a plan that I've made, and my plan is this, that you want to be and you ought to be saved. Not only that, but his plan from the beginning was for you to be used. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, 7, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Now, listen to me now, that's all I'm saying. Pre-made plans. God has pre-made plans for you. You say, but pastor, you don't understand. I, uh, I, I, come, from a, uh, I come from a one-parent home. Uh, my dad's not in the picture. God still has pre-made plans for you. You say, but preacher, you don't understand. I've got a record. Uh, I, I got in trouble in my past life, and I've got a record. I'm just saying, I want you to understand, pre-made. God has pre-made plans for you. Uh, whoever you might be, wherever you might live. By the way, whatever color of the skin your skin is. Doesn't matter. I'm just, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you're white or black or Chinese or Hispanic or, or what you mean. I'm just, I want you to understand that, brother, before Elisha knew it, God had huge plans for him and wanted to use him in a great way. And I believe with all my heart that there are people in this room this morning. And, brother, if you only knew what God had planned for you and God had planned for your marriage, and God had planned for your kids and God had planned for your ministry and God had planned for your business. I'm gonna tell you what, brother, God has some wonderful pre-made plans. Yeah. Now, how about this second thing? It's what I call picture plans. In other words, God, I believe God makes plans for you and then God begins to give you dreams toward those plans. And may I say this morning, church, start aiming toward your dream. Now, why are you preaching that, preach? I'll tell you why. I honestly, this is what I believe. I believe that this generation that we're raising who has no goals, who has no dreams, who has no aspirations, I believe personally it's not normal. I don't believe it's normal. And so, you know what, you ask the average young person now who's 16, 17, 18 years old, and you say, what do you want to do with your life? I don't know. I'm sorry. Run that by me again? I don't know. 
By the way, you come back, talk to them when they're 25. And you say, hey, you're, you're in your 20s now. <laughs> I mean, man, you're a full-blown adult. How, what are you going to do with your life? I don't know. Brother, listen, I, I know, I know I'm from the, from the prehistoric age, but you'll never get me to believe that that's natural. You'll never get me to believe that's normal. I believe this. I believe that God has some big plans for you and some big plans for me. And God says, hey, since I'm gonna give them those plans, I'm gonna put some pictures in their mind. I'm gonna put some dreams in their heart. I'm gonna give them something to reach for, something to aim for. And by the way, if you don't aim at something, you'll miss it every time. Hey, can I remind you in Genesis chapter 31 that God gave Jacob a dream? May I remind us this morning that in Genesis 37, God gave Joseph a dream? May I remind us this morning that in 1 Kings chapter 3 that God gave Solomon a dream? May I remind us this morning that in Matthew chapter 1, God gave Joseph a dream. And I believe this. I believe that God, if it's natural, I believe that God reaches down and God gives us dreams of what God wants to do with our lives. I believe that. How about this? Dreams of being a great mother. That's natural. That's exactly why, that's exactly why Naturally speaking, unless our whacked out society changes it. That's why little girls naturally want to play with baby dolls. That's why when, when Christmas time comes or birthday comes and mama says, what do you want? I want a baby. I want baby so-and-so. Baby does this. Baby does that. Baby talks. Baby laughs. Baby giggles. Baby takes a bottle. And, and you know what? And they want, a, they want a baby. That's how Hannah was. Man, when she was just a, just a little thing, she had babies everywhere. I mean, there were babies in the bed, babies in the carriage. There were babies in the kitchen. I mean, there were babies. I mean, just babies. And she was all the time carrying a baby around, feeding a bottle to a baby. And, and uh, you know why? You know why? Because naturally God says, I've got some plans for you. And God said, I'm going be, to begin to give you some dreams and some aspirations to go on with that plan. That's exactly why. That's exactly why little three-year-old girls know exactly how to take a purse and throw it over their shoulder. Now, you can't see Brandon doing that. I hope you don't see Brandon doing that. You know why? Because, hey, that's something. That's why, that's why a little girl, I'm talking about a little girl can take a baby doll and she can take that baby doll and put that baby right there on that hip. And man knows how to balance that thing and walk around, you know. I mean, guys just can't do that. Unless our mixed up society messes with him. You know what? That doesn't happen. Now, why is that? Because God uh, gives us a dream. God gives us a goal to aim toward. That's exactly why. Hey, how about this? How about dreams of becoming a great dad? That's why little boys like to play with tools. That's why little boys like to have hammers. That's why little boys, uh, little play school, uh, you know, uh, saws. What do you want for Christmas? I want that, I want that workstation. I want that tool set. Uh, that's why little boys want to want to play with tractors and dump trucks. And that's why you got to fuss at them and say, get out of that mud, get out of that dirt. Oh, let them play. Let them get their fingernails dirty. Amen. We got 
too many sissy britches now, brother, as it is. I mean, we got, amen, I think I will, brother. You know what? Too many, too many limp-wristed, sissified. I mean, brother, uh, just, I mean, man, unbelievable, brother. Listen, cut the apron strings and get out there and get in the dirt and run around in the woods and cut the PlayStation off and, and cut the electronics off and leave the cell phone at home and get out in the woods and do some deer hunting. Get out in the woods and, hey, go get you some fishing done or something, but, hey, be a boy. Now, 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 why is that? I'll tell you why, because I believe that God has pre-made plans. And then God begins to give you aspirations and dreams toward those plans. Maybe you're here today and, and you say, boy, preacher, I've got, I've got dreams of raising great kids. Boy, that's a great dream. You say, pastor, I want to raise some godly kids that have character. I, how about this? How about a dream of running a successful business? How about a dream of having a happy marriage? Is anybody else sick of the mediocre marriages in our society? Well, I got to get home to my old woman. Gee, that's romantic. You know? I mean, just, you know, just, uh, just, just me mediocrity and uh, I wonder if there are still some people at Calvary Baptist Church who's, and I, I told Dylan and Lindsay the other day in our counseling, I said don't you let the honeymoon get out of, don't you let the honey get out of the honeymoon I said you keep this thing sweet and I told him just the other night, I said you listen to me and you listen to me well I said in three months from now when I ask you how married life is I said don't you dare look at me and say it's alright I said, you lie before you say that. <laughs> and you say, it's great, preacher. It's wonderful. It's great. And by the way, and you know what? If you'll determine you're going to have the right kind of marriage, I want to tell you what, 32 years after you've been married to the girl of your dreams, it can still be wonderful. Yeah. Hey, how about this? The dreams of being an effective Sunday school teacher. Building a class. I mean, that's exploding with growth. Man, wouldn't it be great if some of our teachers had to come to the pastor and say, Pastor, we can't fit them all in our class. We're going to have to build. I mean, I mean, we're going to have to have our own building program. I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about a, a dream of working your way up the corporate ladder, a dream of having a productive jail ministry where you're reaching multiple inmates and, and changing lives, a dream of becoming a great soul winner, a dream of becoming a powerful preacher. Man, where are the dreams at today? I don't think I'm preaching heresy this morning, brother. I think I'm preaching right this morning. Where are all the dreams at today? Man, I remember, I remember when God began to deal with my heart and, and, uh, and uh, I, I just I thought, boy, that preaching thing, that'd be neat. I mean, that'd be neat to do. And I can remember, I can remember riding my bike down to Ufola Baptist Church and I knew how to get in. My brother showed me. I didn't have a key, but I knew how to get in. And there was one window. We knew you could always get in this window. And I'd ride my 10-speed bike to our church, and I'd crawl in that window. Nobody'd be there. Man, I'd get up there, and I'd, I, you've heard me. I'd, I'd open up that little window right there so I could see if anybody pulled in the parking lot. 
And if anybody pulled in, I'd get the vacuum cleaner out and I'd act like I was vacuuming or something or sweeping or something like that. And uh, But if nobody pulled in, man, I turned on that little sound system and I got up there and I led music and I preached. I'm telling you, we had great, I'm telling you, brother, it was greater than any Billy Graham crusade you've ever seen in your life. I mean, cues walked the aisle and songbooks got saved. And I'm gonna tell you what, the dust got right with God and, and man, the light shouted his praise. I'm telling you, we had, we had revival. It was wonderful. But I dreamed about one day, one day, one day, one day. Maybe one day I'll be behind a pulpit preaching somewhere. By the way, it came to pass. It came to pass. Why? I'll tell you why. Because there were some pre-made plans. And thank God, God gave me some picture plans. And I aimed toward that goal. By the way, you ought to do the same thing today. Man, don't you just float through life and wander through life some, like some kind of nomad. Amen, brother. Some of you young people here this morning ought to get something down inside of you and say, hey, I'm gonna make something out of my life. Maybe my, maybe my daddy didn't do it. Maybe my mama's a drug addict. Maybe my brothers and sisters, none of them turned out for anything. But I'm gonna tell you what, you're looking at one person. I'm not gonna waste my life. I'm gonna do something great with my life. I want God to use me in a great way. You say good night. Preacher, you need to calm down. No, if you get fired up, it'll be worth it. We notice those pre-made plans. We notice those picture plans, but watch closely. We notice preeminent plans. And by that I mean this. As we read and study the Word of God, you know what we realize? We realize God's plans are the best plans. John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. Brandon, it don't stop right there, comma. And that they might have it more abundantly. Did you know this morning that if you'll submit to God's plans, they are the absolute best plans you could ever have? I had my own plans for a girlfriend. And all of a sudden, this new family started attending our church several weeks. There was this little redhead that has started coming. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think she really necessarily caught my eye at the first. She's caught my eye now. But I remember my mama getting me to the side one day and she said, I was, I was dating age and getting really interested in girls. And my mama, my mama said, I'll tell you who you ought to date. I said, who's that? She said, you ought to date that little heirs girl. That family started coming to our church. She said, that little red-headed girl that carries her red Schofield Bible and wears her skirts to church and sits in there and listens. She said, that's who you ought to date. And by the way, thank God I listened to my mama. And thank God I've got a wife that's never hindered my ministry. She did nothing but push me and try to promote me and try to, try to be a blessing to me. And uh, listen, if I am any kind of a decent preacher today, it's because, I'm gonna tell you what, brother, because you've got a wonderful first lady at home that loves God and loves her husband and loves you. And hey, what do you say? I'm saying, <laughs> I wanna tell you something, brother. His plans are the best ones. Yes. 
But you say, preacher, I've, but I'm, I'm, I'm messed up. And I don't think it's been long since I told this story, but I remember I heard evangelist Dave Kissler tell this. He said his mom was an artist, and he said that she was determined she was going to teach her kids to love art and teach them how to draw and paint. And so Dave Kessler said every day my mom would make us take an art class in our home. He said we'd, we'd get at our little station, we'd have paints, and we'd have, you know, a canvas there, and we'd start painting something. And he said one day, uh, and maybe it was several days that he had painted a picture and painted a picture, and as he was painting one day, as he dipped his brush into the paint, he accidentally tipped over the, the container and the, the paint spilled on his picture he had been working on for several days. And he said, oh, no, oh, no. And his mom came over and she said, what's wrong, Dave? And, and he said, Mom, I've made an awful, I, I, he said, we might as well just go ahead and throw it away. She said, wait a minute, wait a minute. She was an advanced artist. She said, wait a minute. He said, but mom, it's terrible. I've made a terrible mistake. I've made a, I've made a terrible mistake. We can just throw it away. She said, wait a minute. And he said that his mama took what's called a blot. And she took that blob of paint there, and he said she began to wipe this way a little bit. And she began to wipe that way. And she began to blot a little here and blot a little there. And Brother Dave said, man, before I knew it, he said, my wife, my, my, my mom, my mom had taken my awful mess. And he said, she did a little arrangement here, a little alteration here, did a little blotting here, a little blotting there. And he said, before you know it, he said, man, you never knew. He said, you never knew that I had made the mess that I made. He said, it was turning back into a beautiful picture. Oh, yes, oh, yes. I want to tell you what, I don't know about Allah. I don't know about Buddha. I don't know about Hare Krishna. But I want to tell you what, Calvary Baptist Church, that's the God I serve. That's the God I serve. Hey, I want to tell you what, thank God, he'll take your painting. He'll take your mess. He'll take your mess. And brother, he'll blot it here. And he'll altered here and he'll rearrange it here and before you know it, you're back on track again and God will use you for the glory of God. Oh yes. Isn't Jesus good? We notice those pre-made plans. Those picture plans. Those preeminent plans. All my young people listen to me this morning because my last point is one of the most important. But there's something else we notice. We notice number four, permissive plans. God's plans are the best plans. But please listen to this. But God will not force you to follow his plan. I've got verses Revelation 3.20, Joshua 24.15, Genesis 2.15-17. And I was just going to point this out, that God has made you a, what we call a free moral agent. In other words, God is not, God's got wonderful plans for you, but God's not going to bend your arm behind your back and make you follow his plans. So this is the message and we're done. Hey, folks. Make sure you don't miss God's plan for your life. You see, God has wonderful plans for us. And then God will even give us a dream and a vision, a goal. We know those plans are the best plans. and Boy, you're going to have the happiest marriages. and You're going to have the 
happiest homes and you're going to have the most thriving businesses and you're going to have a thriving ministry and you're going to have a good life. Oh, there'll be problems. Don't get me wrong. There'll be some problems and there'll be some burdens. But I want you to understand that God's plans are preeminent. They're better than yours. They're better than mine. Y'all with me this morning? But here's the clincher. Permissive. God will not make you follow his plan. Now, Brother Rick, you understand that? Brother David, you think you understand that? Brandon, you think you understand that? Let me tell you who else who, who understands that. Satan understands that. Satan also understands and believes that God has pre-made plans for you. He also believes that he'll give you visions and, and dreams and goals. He also understands, listen, even Satan himself knows that God's plans are the best plans for you. But he also knows God won't force them on you. And you know what Satan does? Satan says, I got to get them while I can. And so I'm going to try to move into Caleb's life. I'm going to try to move into Brother Rick's life. I'm going to try to move into Sam's life here. And I'm going to try to make sure that whatever they do, they don't follow the plan of God because that plan's a good plan. And if I let them follow that plan, they'll have a great marriage and they'll have good kids and, and they'll have a happy life. And so Satan says, you know, I got to do something to try to divert them from that plan. You ever watched a, you ever watched a movie or something? And in this movie, they were having a race. Maybe it's a horse race. Maybe it's an old western. That's what I thought about, an old western. They're on their horses. They take off from Dodge City or something, and, and they're racing. They're racing, to, uh, they're racing to Virginia City or somewhere. And they're gonna, they got to take all these curves and go down the valleys and up on the hills, and, uh, and they're going to race and see who can get the first one to get to that destination. Now, how many know this? You ever seen this in a movie? The enemy sometimes will go ahead of the race. And he'll take that sign that says Virginia City this way. He'll take that sign and he'll turn that sign this way. And those racers come along and they say, well, I thought it was this way, but it must be this way. Let's go this way. And before they know it, they're way off course. And they lose the race. Did you know that's exactly what the devil seeks to do in your life? So we're done. We're done. Therefore, it is of the utmost importance that you and you and you and you and you and y'all and you and you down here in the front and right here, it's important we stay yielded to the plan of God. So God can lead us in the right direction. Her name was Adelaide Pollard. This was way back in the late 1800s and Adelaide Pollard wanted to go to the country of Africa to be a missionary. Like Brother Tim and Miss Hannah and Brother Zach and Miss Amber and others of our missionaries, she went on some deputation. But she was having a terrible, terrible time trying to raise the money to go to Africa. Several years had passed, and she was so discouraged. She went to a meeting, and in that meeting, there was an older woman who began to pray in that meeting, and this is what she prayed. 
She said, it really doesn't matter what you do with us. Lord, just have your way with our lives. And Adelaide Pollard went home and she began to study Jeremiah chapter 18 about the potter and the clay. And she penned this song that says, Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me. Make me after thy will. While I am waiting, here it is, yielded and still. We're done. You understand today that God has huge plans for you? Justin, I don't know what God's got going on for you and Christian, but I, I do believe this. God's got huge plans for y'all. Titus, boy, what a, what a servant Titus is back there. Titus, I don't know what God's got planned for you, but whatever it is, it's huge. And every one of you young, young people, Levi and Tony Ray, all you young people up here on the front row, you teenagers and young adults, I don't know what God's got planned for y'all, but I know this, it's huge. And if you'll follow his plan, it is the greatest plan that's ever been concocted. And here's the thing, he planned it way before the foundation of the world. So here's what I'm saying, let's be yielded. And say, Lord, whatever you want, not my will, but thine will be done. Whatever you want, God accomplish your plan in my life and help me not to mess it up. Help me not to thwart the blessings of God. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for this time we've had together today. And I want to personally thank you for the message. Lord, I got encouraged while I was preaching it. Lord, I don't believe that you're done with me. I still believe that you've got big plans for Brother Steve and Miss Tammy, for Calvary Baptist Church. I don't believe for half a second that you're done with Calvary and Union Grove. God, I believe there's a lot of young people here today, some teenagers, some young adults. God, you have major, major plans for them. Jesus, help us to be yielded. Help us not to ruin our testimony. Help us not to mess up and, and lose our way and get out of the will of God. So, Father, have thy way now in this invitation. Many are already in the altar. Maybe others need to come. Have thy way. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Let's all stand, if you will. If you're here this morning and God spoke to your heart and you need to come, listen, the altar's open. You come this morning while we wait, while we wait. We would ask our baptistry team if they'd go ahead and get in place and help us with that. Now listen, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, please come today. Please come. We wanna, we wanna, we'd like to tell you about the Savior and how you can be saved today. Hey, young people. Please want the plan of God. 
Please want God's plan. It's the best plan that you could ever experience. Please want God's plan. Don't let anything get in the way. Would you come while we wait? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Pastor's going to turn this invitation over to Brother Brandon. I'm going to get ready to baptize. But the altar's open and folks are still on the altar. If you need to come, listen, there's time to come. There's time to come.